Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of Grow a Soul. Today I wanted to look at value and do a bit of a deep dive on it. So we hear about value everywhere it seems. Marketing advice is always to be valuable and demonstrate your value and create products based on your value which sounds easy on the face of it until you have to try and figure out what your value even is. The truth is that Value is more multi-layered than it at first seems. There is the identifying it, there's the believing it, and then the applying of it. All while negotiating a sort of battering of negative self-talk, questioning who you think you are and whether this value is truly enough. So understanding your value It's not just important for your marketing going forward, but really knowing and believing in your value can also help to highlight the right direction for you and where you can best serve others with your business. So let's do a deep dive on value. So the theory behind value in marketing, that's where we'll start. So why is value important in marketing? Why is it that people always talk about using it? The reasons I believe are twofold. Firstly, what is valuable is attention worthy. You pay attention to what you find valuable in some way and ignore the things that you don't. In a competitive landscape, whether that's a high street full of shops or it's a craft market or it's the internet, gaining someone's attention is half the battle. With so much else out there that is kind of distracting your customer or whether it's sort of competitors or just funny videos and memes (laughs) gaining their attention can often be more difficult than actually making the sale but once you have got their attention and they're in your shop or they're following along with what you're doing that second reason kicks in people won't buy what's not valuable to them Selling is just an exchange of value, goods or a service in exchange for money. In order for them to exchange their money, they have to believe that what they get in return will be equal value. So this is to do with the quality of your product, yes, but it's also the quality of your marketing. They have to believe that you'll provide value And the value they've got from you so far is all they've really got to go on and make that decision off of. So you see, value is embedded throughout the customer journey from discovery to community to sale and to after sales. This is because it's such an intrinsic part of forming trust. And if they don't trust you, then they're definitely not gonna buy from you. So if you're unsure of your value, then that's a big chunk of your marketing and sales plan that's missing. So the definition of value is the regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. What I think is important in that definition is that value is subjective. 
It's the regard it is held to deserve. There is no specific stipulations of what, in inverted commas, counts as valuable. In marketing, we can narrow into different types of value. So we've got functional value. This type of value is what an offer does. It's the solution an offer provides to the customer. So you need a pair of socks and someone is selling a pair of socks. Then there's monetary value. This is where the price paid is relative to an offering's perceived worth, the item's worth in terms of currency. So you know that a pair of socks on average is about five pounds and so that's kind of how much you want to be spending on your socks. Three is social value. The extent to which owning a product or engaging in a service allows the consumer to connect with others. So you buy a pair of socks from a seller at a craft fair or from an independent shop so you can engage in the interaction and share about the product later. And then we've got the psychological value, the extent to which a product allows consumers to express themselves or to feel better. This is where the pair of socks isn't just a pair of socks, but it's a statement about who you are as a person. You choose hand-knitted alpaca wool socks because of the kind of person that it makes you. So most of us will be operating more at the social and psychological value end of the spectrum as functional and monetary value is more important in the realm of more essential products like groceries and necessities. However, it is good to have them as a final check to run things by because they will still be a factor in a customer's decision making. It can make them feel great about themselves, this pair of socks, but if they can't see that the thing itself is worth the money, then they still probably won't buy. This is something to bear in mind, certainly when you're creating products, but it's also really useful for marketing your stuff too. You can use these types of value to start to structure how you talk about what you do. So think about how you can provide these types of value. So for me, I can provide social value by having a group in courses, but also by facilitating conversations through my podcast and on Instagram and through coaching. I can provide psychological value by creating content that helps people believe they're able to create a work and life that feels more like them and create practical tools to help them get there. Just as long as I join that up with making sure the products themselves are functionally good enough. So for example, like not selling a program that promises one thing and then just not delivering it. Um, And as long as the pricing is fair, then I only really need to focus on the other types of value. Sometimes words take on extra meanings. I read you the definition of value. We've talked through types of marketing value, but there are still unsaid definitions swirling in our heads, cultural meanings and assumptions that we bring to the word, whether we realise it or not. The most common of these that I've come across through working with people is the conflation of valuable and helpful. So making those two things the same. So this might be because a lot of marketing content out there is really focused towards service businesses. But I often hear from 
product businesses that they can't provide value because they don't help people with something or they can't give free stuff away. And even within service businesses, a common worry is about how to provide help without giving too much of a course or your kind of one-to-one expertise away. And somewhere along the way, we just got into this rut that meant that value was the same as giving away help for free. And sure, that is a type of value that is an option to you. But also think about the people you love to follow and the people whose emails you always open and whose stories you always watch. Actually get someone in mind. And so what do you get from them? Why are you there? They are getting your attention, so you must be getting something valuable because it's that value exchange. And going out on a limb, (laughs) I'm assuming that the person in your mind and the people that you love to follow and the people you give your attention to aren't just constantly giving out help for free. There are four purposes of content. To entertain, to educate, to inspire, and to convince. Thinking about types of value, we're really looking at the first three because to convince is more kind of sales tactics and ads. So giving away help comes under educate. So where you might be putting together a how-to ebook or sharing the step-by-step of how you're doing something, but that's not all that is valuable. You can also entertain and inspire. I know that One of the people whose stories that I watch every day, I do so because I find her chats about what's going on in the business entertaining. And if you look at someone like Celeste Barber, she's just all about the entertainment. She's not helping anyone, but she is entertaining. You know, and also we follow accounts because of their photography or because their way of life is inspiring and we just want to be immersed in it. And, you know, that's how this whole blogging and influencer industry took off with people not helping, but inspiring others. So think back to those people that you love to follow. Are they entertaining you, educating you or inspiring you? It doesn't have to just be one. And for you with your marketing, you don't have to pick one, either educate, entertain or inspire. It's just... I'm trying to say that there is more to value than giving away help. You can choose to focus on predominantly one of those three things where you feel most comfortable and use it as your dominant type while mixing in some of the others. Now let's talk about finding your own value. Very often when faced with the question, what is valuable about you or what you do, we go straight to our skill set for answers we look for the quantifiable things we can do and the stuff that people can see. So the qualifications or the big wins. And that of course also means that we open up this big box of insecurity. By looking for those tangible things that we have, it can highlight the things that we don't have. We can look at our skills and see all the ones that aren't there and all the qualifications we should probably get and the gaps and the things that we're not the world's biggest expert on. And that can very easily overpower what is there, leave you feeling like you don't have enough to be valuable. 
So in that way, it's not really a very useful question, is it? It kind of puts you on the spot to think of something, which causes panic when you can't. It highlights your perceived lack. And it also places you at the center of the conundrum when really you aren't the most important factor. It sounds upside down that your value isn't really anything to do with you, but it's it's not really. It's about your customer. Doesn't really matter what you think is your value. It matters what they think it is, what they need and how and why. It doesn't matter what your value says about you. It matters what it provides to them. So personally, I find this quite freeing. When defining and using your value stops being about you and therefore what you think about yourself or what others will think about you and starts being about what other people need, the pressure is lifted. It's not about you as a person anymore. You're just a kind of vessel to provide this value to others. You as a human being are at a remove and it's got no bearing on how good or not good you are. I also find that taking this customer first approach really helps to highlight what you do have rather than focus on all the things that you don't. So let's look at an example from my business. So not so much recently, to be honest, but there have been times in the past where I've worried that I don't have enough value to give because I don't have a coaching qualification and that without that, anything that I've got to give is kind of sullied in some way or not good enough. But that's a very kind of egocentric way of thinking. When I take a customer first approach and I think about what people need and what they want, I can see that coaching methodologies and qualifications are just really low down on the list of priorities because if I'm hiring someone, they're pretty low down on the list of my priorities too. What is valuable to my clients and customers is understanding marketing and how they can make it work for them, permission slips to follow their gut feeling and showing them a different approach to business. Any time that I've done a survey and asked what people like about my work and following me, it's always, always about my approach. It's about how I make them feel and the way in which I do things. So that's where the value lies. Not in qualifications or your CV, but in your approach, the way you do things, the different things you can show them, the way that you think. So how can you use that value? If you plan your business to get your value out to the right people as much as possible, then you can be spending more of your time in action, creating content, creating products, rather than kind of thinking and like worrying and taking kind of course after course to fill a perceived hole. Once you have a handle on your value, you can put that together with your personal motivations to create a business model and income streams that feel really aligned. But also you use your value in other ways too, on a more day-to-day level in your marketing. So here I'm just going to go through a couple of ways in which you can use your value. So one is deciding between ideas. So being honest with yourself about how much of an idea is driven by ego can help you make a decision. It might be that you were chasing an idea that actually isn't the most valuable option for your customer. It might be that you were 
telling yourself an idea needed to be more when really your customer needs a basic version. It might simply be that one idea is more valuable than another and then you can start to see that more clearly. But by having a short bullet point list of the key value you can provide gives you a benchmark to hold ideas to and make decisions more objectively. Two is creating new products and offerings. So again, when you're creating products or services, you can really tailor them specifically to the value your customers will want from you. There's no need to over egg things or try to include a little bit of everything. You can keep within the parameters of your value. I've worked with people who have struggle to shake the feeling that they need to know absolutely everything, that somehow it's not professional as a web designer to not know every programming language on every platform or as a florist not to have instant recognition of every flower in the Northern Hemisphere. Your value gives you your wheelhouse, a boundaried area that you can feel confident in. Anything outside of that, it's okay for you to not know. You can always tell when someone is confident and knowledgeable about what they do because they don't mind saying they don't know something. So again, taking me for an example, I don't know anything about ads. (laughs) Um, I cannot do an episode here about how to do Facebook ads or any kind of ads because I don't know how to do that. That's not my wheelhouse. But I can tell you about creating content all day long. So third is branding and business values. Your value can work closely with your brand, both in determining it and in giving it depth. So again, taking me as an example, the value that I can give of showing you how to use marketing in a more soulful way is deeply connected to my brand values too. So if you felt like your brand feels a little misaligned or disconnected, you can kind of mine your value and the things that you've highlighted as ways that you are valuable to help you with this because your value is going to be connected to your brand values. And lastly, content creation. So this is perhaps the most obvious one of all, but your value helps you to create content. So there are definite trends in marketing content. So from what you post on Instagram to podcasting being the new thing to different types of blog post styles that have evolved over time. So you remember when everybody got really into edited photos on Instagram, like photoshopping in magic things and stuff. And then there was like this spate of really, really raw and vulnerable blog posts. And then there seemed to be this period where every podcast was interviewing the same people it can be really easy to fall into feeling like you should be doing a bit of what everyone else is doing, even though you really know that the things that stand out are the things that are completely different. So if you instead concentrate on making sure your content comes from your intrinsic value and try to give that value in some way, entertaining, educating or inspiring, like we said before, then you're less likely to be swayed by trends and you can make sure your content doesn't veer off from the road that you've chosen. So there you have it. There is a bit of a deep dive on value and finding it and using it. So I hope that that gives you some jumping off points if it's something that you've kind of 
not really been able to put your finger on or maybe has sparked something for you to go and write about or create so thank you for listening i don't think i mentioned any links but you can find the show notes for this at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can come and find me on instagram at simpleandseason if you think you have a friend who would really value no pun intended this episode then please do send them the link and share where you're listening online too and until next time i hope you grow a soul